Before we start today's show, I just want to give a massive shout out to Acast for making this show happen. Thanks, Acast. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome Back to the PJ Podcast for a second week. We're back. Um, thank you so much for all the feedback for the first episode. I know a lot of people uh, loved hearing Jace again. Jace and I bantering like old mates. Um, there have been a lot of requests to get him back on, and I'm not going to rule that out. Jace may be back as a recurring guest. But in the meantime, um, there are some incredible people I want to get on, and quite different to Jace. <laughs> the first guest is someone that I've known for quite some time. Um, we crossed paths in the media world here in New Zealand and very bravely not too long ago after, I think she worked in the media industry for about 15 years, Morgan Penn decided to uh, pack it in and study and retrain to become a somatic sexologist. You've probably heard her on podcasts and radio here in New Zealand. She's becoming quite the voice for the sexologist realm. Um, I looked up what somatic sexology means. I was like, what does that mean? And so it's to develop deeper presence, awareness, and understanding of what's actually going on in your body and in sex. But she goes into so much stuff, and I love it. I love following her because she just posts nuggets of information that you may not have thought about before and it kind of just sparks a new perspective on different things, whether it's relationships, sex, personal pleasure, you name it. She's amazing and she's so much fun. And today in the episode, I didn't want to make it about me, um, as tempting as it would be, just to say, hey Morgan, uh, this is going on in my life, can you help me with this? I thought, let's actually put it out to you. So I did um, a little Q&A thing on Instagram a while back. Oh, music stopped, I'm going to play it again. Here we go. Um, and I wanted to know what you wanted help with, whether it was in your own relationship, personal sexual issues, um, relationship communication, all that kind of stuff she sort of gets across. And um, by golly, the questions did not um, disappoint. We start off a little bit tame and we start off, I think it's like with long distance relationships. So just if you're like, oh, this is a bit yawn, snore fest at the beginning, it gets raunchy at the end. And um, we cover, gosh, what do we cover? We talk about intimacy postpartum and after having a baby. That was a very common question which came in. Uh, we also talk about the mechanics of squirting, which was highly awkward because my mum saw a teaser for that and she she started asking what that was, thinking it was when you wet the bed. So that was a really fun conversation to have. And she worked in sexual health for so many years. I don't know how she didn't know. Anyway, um, we cover it all. And yes, it warms up and it gets a little more saucy towards the end. So 
I hope you enjoy my episode with Morgan Penn, the somatic sexologist. I've literally just had to leave a family breakfast with my partner's nana, his auntie, nephew, cousin, and wife. So I was like, hey guys, sorry, I've just got to go and talk to a sexologist. Grandma just laughed. I think it just kind of like went straight over her head. Um, and I don't know if they're in the room next door. So this is quite hilarious. They might hear our chat. Great. Well, we all need this education, you know. <laughs> Mogs, thank you so much for joining me today. And actually, while we say sexologist, I think people hear that term, but they don't know exactly what the hell it means. Yeah. Right. It's still kind of a new thing. Mm. Um Kind of. Um, so sexologists are people that have like studied human sexuality, the psychology behind why we do things, the physiology, what happens with our bodies, hormones, libidos, um, arousal, mismatch and libidos. There's so much that goes into sexuality mm. and into our bodies. And, you know, most of us have come out of high school without much of a sex education that's actually like tangible in the real world. And especially like communication, right? We don't know how to communicate our needs or wants or desires in the sexual realm. There's all these people that get together and they don't even know how to make it work properly. And there's all these people having like mediocre sex or not enough sex or, you know. And so my job as a sexologist is to help people get on the same page with themselves sexually, get into their own sexual body. And then how do we, how does that translate with somebody else? And how do we have like the best sex ever? So what's your average client and where are they at in their life when they come see you? And what kind of age group do people come and see you? Oh my God, honestly, I've got like full spectrum, like full spectrum. What's your oldest client? Oh, um, he's like late 60s. Okay, love it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Still yeah. got it? He's still, he's still <laughs> got it. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, but, you know, I have people from all around the world and in, in places around the world where women aren't allowed to be sexually liberated at all, where sex toys are illegal even, you know. So wow. navigating those kind of things are quite interesting. But I guess one of the key things I see is for, like, people in women's bodies who – just are not connected to themselves as a sexual being and um, they don't, they're disconnected. They don't know how to get out of their head and into their body. So it's more probably people on a personal journey than kind of couples that you'd see because like, I was talking to my partner last night and I was like, I'm talking to a sexologist tomorrow and he's like, do we need to talk to a sexologist? <laughs> like what should we? Like what's the go when it comes to couples? Is it more of like a personal journey? Or is that actually really special if you can do it together? It's incredible if you can do it together because, you know, we think about a union like it is about two people that are coming together and trying to have, like, sex. And But there's so much that goes into it before sex. Like, it happens before the bedroom, right? It's all the bits in between. It's like, where do we find pieces that are getting missed that could go from a kiss or just a little mm. bum slap mm. to turning into sex but it just get, gets left there you know um and I think there's within the couple dynamic there's normally one person who really wants to do it and the other one's a little bit hesitant yes so quite often I see somebody come by themselves and then they they come and they realize this is a safe zone and this is really good and like let's come in as a couple 
And that is where the magic happens, honestly. It's like to let somebody be the third party to just like look behind the veil and see where people can meet each other more and get on the same page and just give them the skill set of either communication or trying new things that they haven't had before Mm. can just like change a whole relationship. There's been such a shift uh, of focus onto mental health over the last few years. Everyone's like, well, you go to the doctor to deal with your physical health. You go see a therapist or a psychologist for your mental health. But again, it's another pillar, which I suppose we've neglected, which is so important, and that's sexual health. Yeah. Huge. And then I guess that's kind of going into spirituality. Like I suppose you dive into a bit of that. Well, yeah, because it goes hand in hand and it goes hand in hand with mental health as well, Mm. I think, because when we feel like we're not connected, like Mm. this is the deepest way of connecting with somebody is actually like sexually because you are physically the closest you can be with somebody. And if you are connecting properly, there is a, a, a depth of spirituality that comes into that. It's an energetic and like sex is life force energy. Mm. And so when you are connecting like that, you, you're having this kind of like, ah, this is life. This is this is amazing. We're connecting. It's bigger. It's magic. It's deeper. But a lot of so us don't experience that true connection. And I think probably we put so much reliance into the the finished goal, like that that small moment when it feels like it actually needs to be way more of a lived experience. Yeah. So, okay. So this is the thing, like sex is transactional. It is something we can just do with our body Mm. and our mind can be somewhere else. It's just like how we can drive on autopilot, you know, it's exactly the same thing, but it doesn't mean that we've enjoyed the journey just (laughs) because we've got home safe in one piece, but we're thinking about what we don't even know what happened along the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And so to make it more of an embodied journey, we have to travel from the mind and into the body and it comes back to a felt sense okay what am I feeling in this moment and you know the key piece here is breath actually like this is like one of the things that we just we're rocking around the world and we just don't even know like what's happening our body's just breathing Mm. but when we bring the consciousness and the presence to our breath we have a whole different experience with our body so we can do like that's the easiest thing to do with sex to drop you into the felt sense in any moment it's like okay notice your breath see if you can direct your breath like see if you can direct it down into your genitals well like blow down on my bed (laughs) (laughs) so i can feel it (laughs) But you could also take a deep breath that goes down past your heart. Down, oh, down, down. Okay, you're meaning internally. Wow, okay. I was like, well, that's a new move. But yes, I reckon teach that one to grandma because I think she'll be into that. I think grandma's gone. I think we're in the clear. I um, I thought it would be really fun for this podcast to open up a forum of questions because – you know, I could sit here and talk to you about the things I think people might want to know, but I opened this up on my Instagram and I said, look, this is anonymous. And God, I got some questions. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, okay. I promise you these aren't from me. <laughs> With a <Sure>. different name. <laughs> um, the first one, oh, so I think we're going to get like a bit of rela- relationship, bit of sex, bit of intimacy, a bit of everything. The first one, and actually, this kind of actually relates to me, but how do you make long-distance relationships work? 
Yeah, well, I mean, we are lucky. We're living in this world where even with like COVID, we've learned that we can do anything long distance, right? Mm-hmm. Technology allows us to do that. So it's about still being able to feel the other person. So getting like this honest gauge of where that person's at and what's going on for them. So communication is just as important, if not more, Mm. when you're doing long distance and sharing the day-to-day stuff. You know, it's not just about the big stuff. It is about having those little moments. And then sexually, it's about keeping that spark and thinking about that person top of mind. So definitely dirty text, sharing desires of what you want to do with that person. And then I guess depending on the, own, the 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 person's comfort level, we're sharing sexy images or teasing things. Or if you don't feel comfortable showing your own body, you know, quite quite a good thing to do is like on Instagram. There's lots of people, you know, like I share things about mm. like some sex tips and stuff. Is that you can send that to your partner? Oh, that's a good so idea. Get them thinking about other things or like. People put up sexy images. I don't. I just put up my body to try and not sexualize my body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but people do sexy paintings and things like this. And you could just send that off like, oh, thinking of you. Or can we try this next time we're together? Or, you know. so It's it's about getting creative. Creative and stimulating the mind because that's our biggest sex organ. Mm. I, um, cause I get that question a lot. Cause I did long distance with my partner for like three years. I never did the full hog. Like, you know, you send some cute, sexy little pickies, but, but I survived over three years and I didn't feel like anything was really missing. It just made it really more exciting when we saw each other. Yeah. Was there a fear for you of like going full hog? And what do you mean full hog? Do you mean like Like, like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess I just got a little nervous about the camera kind of thing. Where's this going? Like you kind of want to be careful on the internet. So you kind of like, I felt kind of reserved in that area, but still I felt like the relationship kept alive. And I think having common goals and having something to look forward to was really important and also working out if the juice is worth the squeeze like don't go into a long distance relationship if you're not into it absolutely oh yeah you're wasting your time and you're wasting juiciness that you could have with somebody else exactly so if they're worth the squeeze then they're worth the sacrifice and ride it out see where it goes and you're a success like I know, I know that's why people ask questions and I'm like, I don't know if I've got the best advice, but it just felt right. And I think if it feels really right, then you'll make it work. Okay, I've got another question. I've never had an orgasm from penetrative sex. Is there anything I can do to help get me there? Okay. Well, I mean, firstly, I would just be assuming this is a vulva owner, mm-hmm. penetrative sex and not orgasming because that's the most common. Um, and I guess what I would say is like, you're not alone for starters. It's kind of society and movies that tell us that we should just be having orgasms as soon as there's like a penis in the vagina. And that's just not what happens. We've got a clitoris for a reason. That's our little pleasure maker. So quite often people leave that out of penetrative sex because they think that's for fingering or oral, but actually this is should be brought in to penetrative sex. So there are certain positions that you can 
do to incorporate the clitoris a little bit more. Like you can put a pillow under your bum if you're on missionary mm-hmm. or the girl can get on top and kind of ride it more and kind of rub on the pubic bone, which will, you know. Gets both things going. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you know, if you're in like, say, doggy style, you just like get your own fingers down in there and like give her a little flick. What I see a lot of actually is that a lot of vagina owners are quite numb internally. And this has come through a lot of different things. One, just a belief system about their own bodies. Shower heads. (laughs) Shower heads. (laughs) No. No. Is that not what you meant? Were you meaning physical numbness? Yes, I was, but like, I I just I haven't heard of many. Haven't you? Shower heads internally. <gasps> okay. Oh, okay. Right. Right. Yeah. No. Internally, absolutely not. You. <laughs> the internet's cutting out. I think it's stressed <laughs> out. Okay. Okay. We're back. We're back. Yay. Okay. Okay. We we we. We were just talking about how the vulva can get numb. The vagina. So what's the the difference? So the vulva is the outside. It's everything that's on the outside. So this is like the outer labia. So like if you're watching this, so this is my vulva cushion. Wow. Is it a beret? (laughs) 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 I mean, maybe. Oui, oui. Bonjour, mon ami. Oh, it's definitely not a beret. It's definitely a vulva. I did have my little neighborhood friend come over and she's eight and she tried to put it on. She thought it was a slipper. <laughs> she's like, where's the other one? <laughs> Only one love. Yeah. Um, so okay. we've, got, we've got the outer labia. Yeah. We've got the inner labia. We've got the clitoris. We've got the urethra, urethra, which is where the urine comes out. And then we've got the vaginal opening. So that's all the vulva. Okay. And it's yeah. really important that we know this when we're educating children. So Some that of that's know. a bit inside, isn't it? So the inside is the vagina. Ah, uh, yeah. In- I should inside. know this at 31. Do you reckon I'm not alone when it comes to actually knowing what's down there? Like, yeah. I reckon it's taken for me to get pregnant to understand my body. Yeah, it's pretty sad, actually. We yeah. We watch these things properly. But the thing is, like, we need to have the language. Because when we go to doctors or if we've got something going on, we want to be able to say, okay, so my vulva is itchy. Yeah. Well, that's so much different to like a doctor that hears my vagina's itchy. You go, oh, it's internal. Okay. Yeah, like I lump it all together. I just say yeah, my but vagina. Like, but but see, this is like the downfall of society. Like we would never do that to penises. We'd never yeah. say, oh, like the, the testicles are called the penis. Like yeah. we wouldn't just incorporate it all into one. It's or the like goat. And there's the, the penis, you know, and we've got a foreskin. Like they get all these different parts, and we just got a vagina. And is, this is not the truth. Is gooch strictly on a male? No, it's just a perineum, and we've all got a perineum. I know. I've been sent some perineum massage oil. Good. To Did help avoid you? tearing. No, I haven't yet. And I'm going to get my partner to do it. <laughs> I don't know if he'll do it. Oh, he bloody well should <laughs> get down there. It's no. really important. Is it? Yeah, yeah, I can send you a good. Um, Please do. Yeah, 
Yeah. Okay, look, we've got distracted. Let's go on to the next question. Did we answer that one? Okay, so yes, from pen- penetrative sex, there are other ways to, you know, help get that going. Yeah, what I was going to say about that when I was going to say that the insides so of the vagina it can be quite numb. It can be a bit of beautiful journey of reconnection with your own body to wake it up in there. And it can be numb from like no shower heads, no. Um, it can be numb from... Sometimes like enduring, it might be. It could be. Yes, mm. you're right. Mm. Enduring sex, you know, yep. when we haven't really wanted it or had some kind of like um, trauma down there, anything like that um, can, can make it numb. So waking it up by us going in with our own fingers, with intention and love, and it's like a self-massage, honestly, that will take away so much tension and wake up the area. So just, okay, you think that just sounds too easy, but sometimes simple is the most effective thing? I Totally. We need to have a relationship with our pussies, and most women don't. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, here you are, you get your pregnancy, right, and you're just learning about all these bits that you've got. Perineum, uterus, like placenta. I didn't know where that was. Like, it's it's so bad, like, when all this was happening. <laughs> It's like learning literally what all these things meant that I learned in school, but you learn it in school, but you don't really learn it. You don't. You know, it it goes in one ear and it goes out the other. Yeah, exactly. And so, and we're scared to touch each other. I have clients that have never touched their own vulva or vagina, Mm. and we need to do this. We need to be the ones that know our bodies the best. And for you, getting ready for a baby, yeah, you should be getting your phalanges in there. I know. Really? This early? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You need to be softening up that tissue, massaging. Yeah. God, if I could get my hands on you on my healing table. (laughs) Really? (gasps) Oh, Morgs, I need to book it in. Maybe I'll just make a special trip up. Yes, come. Okay, next question. Um, Is it wrong that I enjoy masturbating more than sex with my partner? Hmm. This is interesting. It's not wrong. I think nothing's ever wrong. No, nothing is ever wrong if it's legal. Yeah. Um, or consensual. <laughs> or consensual. Yes. Yes. So, I what what I would be curious about is what is missing from the connection and, and the sexual side with the partner that you're getting in your masturbation. And what I would be, my my inkling would be that there's probably a sex toy involved because um, the technology that's happening with sex toys these days it's is crazy. pretty well, <laughs> yeah. pretty, pretty intense, pretty good. Um, and, and just look at what's missing and see where you can upskill and where you can like meet your partner and where you can maybe give them some guidance you know, and, and and I think these are moments like this that can be really good to bring in some external help, like someone like myself, that if, if, if this person's missing and not even seeing why or what's going on, yeah, let an outsider have a little peek behind the curtains and see what's going on. And there's nothing wrong and we want to celebrate having that beautiful relationship mm. with your own body and pleasure. Like that's amazing. And don't feel of- shame around it either. When a lot of people get into partnerships, they stop, you know, self-pleasuring because they think, oh, well, I've got someone else here. But no, pleasure is our own responsibility. How do you get past the arguing part of relationships? So it's a little bit more um, relationship-based, away from sex, probably down to communication again. But do you, you probably see this a lot with clients. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 
if, if you're arguing a lot, what it's telling me is you're in a gridlock. So there's something that's not ever kind of being resolved. And so you need to look and see if it's the same kind of thing that keeps coming up, if it's the same pattern that keeps going round and round and round, in which case you need like a circuit breaker. You need something big that's going to come in and you're going to really make a plan to change something and implement it. But another thing is that we need to think about what's happening with that communication. Is it inflammatory? You know, because sometimes we don't know how to communicate with love. And I think the key to even arguing, arguing's not bad, is that you do it holding the relationship as the priority. So it's not about this person winning or this person being heard. It's about what's best for the relationship. And it always needs to come back to that. It is hard when you're arguing a lot. And I think there is normally, what's funny about that is there's normally an underlying issue, which is the thing that's not actually being argued about. Yes, yes. So bring in support, you know. Do you think also there's a time and a place to start, you know, bringing up issues with your partner, like that you know that might be inflammatory? Because I've noticed there's a time, like if you've got an issue and you want to raise it, there's definitely certain times when they're maybe in a more calm space, <laughs> you know, and sometimes you just want to get it off your chest and then you're like, I shouldn't have done it then because I know that they're stressed out and they're tired and that just made the situation way worse. Would you recommend that or do you think sometimes it's just best to get it out there? Well, I've got two kind of thoughts around this. Mm. One is that, yes, we do want to pick our moments and it's it's we might be having something sitting with us and bubbling away and then you yeah, kind of want to get it out but we want to respect the the other person in this as well and we want to have the best outcome so you have to almost get clear on your outcome before you start and then you say to the other person hey I've got something quite important that I want to talk to you about or share with you when would be good for you you know, so you're actually like giving them an inkling, something's going on and you're inviting them into it and you're giving them some control around something that they don't have control around. Like they that. Because sometimes, yeah, I'll feel emotions come up and I don't even know if they're actually attached to that direct issue, but I'll be feeling in the moment. And so sometimes if I want to avoid a massive conflict, I'll actually just write it down. And I'll write all my feelings on my notes and then I'll feel a million times better and I'll be like, hang on, actually the thing that I was really concerned about or that was bothering me was actually something else. Or now it's kind of minimised and I've realised that I blew that up a lot more in my head. That is fantastic because what it sounds like is you're noticing you're having a body reaction, right? Mm. And so you, by writing you're getting it out of your body. So what I was going to say is the other piece to this communication is that if we are used to having healthy communication and we're talking all the time about what's coming up in the present moment, then we don't ever really need these big chats. So that is a prime example of you mm. noticing you're having a body reaction. If it is a safe place to communicate with your partner where you can be like, oh, I'm just noticing I'm having a bit of a body reaction to that. I'm feeling quite tight or anxious after hearing you say that. I'm not sure what that's about, but I think it's actually bringing up a fear that it means this. You are literally getting out. You're putting it on the table. You're not letting it fester away in your mind. 
the mind needs to make sense of feelings and so it will go into stories and stories are not useful, especially mm. when we're in union because yes. the other person's got no idea what's happening in your mind. No. But if you give them this little piece of information like, I'm just noticing I'm having this reaction right now, it gives the partner an opportunity to go, ah, oh, no, that's not what I meant at all or no, I, I, I can totally see that actually that that is what I'm thinking and then you can explore it you know it's just like don't keep people in the dark assumptions are the worst right you're right stories are toxic the stories that we tell ourselves and I've found that with being pregnant hormones obviously heightened like and I've noticed friends in similar situations and the things you lose it over are just ridiculous like my like gravy like making the gravy your partner having out or something like stupid things and like I've just become anal with like random things around the house that don't actually matter but I think it's probably the anxiety building up to such a big thing um and it's just funny how it manifests through really pedantic things yeah are you noticing that you're sharing yeah uh yeah probably (laughs) probably um yeah, I've noticed like the hormones have definitely settled down, but for a while I didn't know myself. And like, I was like, who am I? Like, I was like a tyrant, like a monster. Yeah. But anyway, it's okay. It's it's sort of leveling out at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but it's all part of the journey and honoring yeah. like where that's at. And so I and think. My, bless my partner. He's been pretty good. He's been very good. Okay, another question. How do you stop the guilt on how many people you've slept with? Oh, I know there shouldn't be guilt around it, but that's society once again. Yeah, that is our conditional, Mm. um, the end slut shaming. And, you know, there's so much that feeds into this and, you know, God, yeah, it breaks my heart, especially because it feels like there's there's still a double standard for women and men. Mm -hmm. And so, for me, it's it's not about the number of people. It's about what's felt good for you in any given moment. And even as I reflect now as the wise woman that I am, <laughs> yeah. you know, at 35, you know, and I look at Morgan who was 25. Okay, no, I was in union then. Maybe <laughs> I was like 20. Yeah. You know, I was a wild brumby and I was experimenting and I was sleeping with multiple people and it was fantastic. And I thought I was an, I was empowered Mm. at that time. And when I look back now, I'm like, Oh wow, honey, you were really just like giving your body away. Mm. And I've got deep compassion for that version of myself. So I think to the person who's asked this is like, look at yourself, like in those moments, like what, what, what has it given you? What was, what was it good for? Like, what wasn't, where do you want to improve? If there's guilt sitting there, yeah, figure out then how you want to move forward sexually. And it's always good to start like being reverent and honoring your own body first through masturbation, through a really nice self-love practice that then will ripple out to other people. Another question here. How... (laughs) Do you get back into intimacy post-birth? I had so many questions about this. Okay. Well, what I like about this question is that it says intimacy. And to me, intimacy isn't sex mm-hmm. all the time. Like intimacy can be eye-gazing, you know. And so I think this is what's really important. And this is actually such a big, big question. 
um, because it's got so many different aspects. So one, I think, is like you have to feel really good in your own body. And it's just hard because everything has changed. Yes. After pregnancy, right? Like everything has changed your identity, your body, like your tires, all these things. It's it's hard to remember who you are. It's hard to find that confidence. Yes. And it's it sometimes it's not even a remembering of who you are, like who you've been. It's like who you are I'm going today. to be. Or now, you know? yeah. Yeah, like it's a deep acceptance of the journey you've been on. And yes, like your body has changed. And I think that's the biggest thing I see with my clients who are postpartum is they don't feel sexy anymore and they don't feel themselves. And it is about like, yeah, okay, so who are you? Who are you now? And this body, like it's having a deep reverence. So it's not about like feeling like, oh my God, I love myself. It's about acceptance and like wow shit yes gratitude for this body and then it is about even if you're not feeling it teaching yourself that you can have pleasure in your body in this different body so as soon as it's all about the brain connection brain body connection once we start doing it we start going oh okay so even though my body looks different and I'm not feeling sexy I can still actually have these moments of pleasure and you start going oh okay I do feel good in this body again so it's a slow but it's a slow burn Mm -hmm. it's a slow process and I would definitely recommend yeah making sure you feel ready to 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 touch yourself first of course and um yeah, and then and then I think building the intimacy, sharing your fears with your your partner before you do anything with them, because it gives them the opportunity to hold you, you know, to really like be tender and maybe give you extra love in those bits that you feel really mm. anxious about or insecure about, um, and and going slow and being okay to pump the brakes if it, if you start and then it doesn't feel good for you. you I love know? that sharing the fears idea just that concept of talking your way through it which again seems really simple but you assume that they know what you're thinking they don't if you put yourself out there that's a beautiful vulnerability and then I guess you give yourself the opportunity to go deeper in the relationship once again and it becomes this beautiful journey yeah exactly and I think as women we get really scared about being seen seen into like all the shadows, like all the parts of us. And when we've gone through childbirth, it's probably pretty rare that there are bits that have been left unseen. And it's almost about like recalibrating that in our own body of like, okay, so you've seen this all, you know, and now, you know, here I am. And and do you still love me? Is, Is like, do you still find me attractive? And so really like, if that's what you need to hear from your partner, tell them what your needs are. Tell me I'm sexy. Tell me you desire me. You know, I know we always think, I don't want to tell them to bring me home flowers. I just want them to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like they can mind read. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. We need to give the relationship and ourselves a fighting chance, you know, of getting our needs met. Mm, and it's like there's this urgency after going through this life-changing experience of going back, you know, having that thing in your head like, well, they found me attractive then, this was great then, you know, it can't be good again until it was like that or at least it matches the standard. It's like you kind of just have to completely scratch that philosophy. 
Yeah, and and a lot of people have better sex post children. Actually, Some I've heard that. Yeah, so confident in their bodies, they feel like they've just like birthed the world. You know, it's like they're, they're empowered, and also it can wake up the vagina. You know, we talked about a numb vagina earlier. Mm. It can wake up the vagina in different ways as well. The cervix can become alive. Yeah, it's, it's I, amazing. I follow this woman online and she talks about having orgasms while giving birth. Is this a real thing, Morgs? No. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Orgasmic birth, a hundred. Really? Yes. What is the orgasm we know? Is it like a it's like a euphoric I'm birthing a child feeling, not like it's, it's it must be a different kind of pleasure. It's a different, okay, it's a different, okay, cool. Yeah, so like I don't know if you have ever experienced a cervical orgasm before. I don't know. It, How do you know? Well, you your cervix would be stimulated, so you would be deep into oh, Is that right up? Yeah, so the, the cervix sits at the bottom of the uterus and that's what will dilate, that's what will open for the baby to come out. So you've got a mucosal plug in your cervix. What the hell is that? Is that like mucus? Yeah, and it's like bunged up so that no bacteria is getting in there and that nothing's coming out. Wow. Yeah, so once your mucosal plug pops, you know that the baby's on route. Well, I've heard loose lips, loose vagina. So, like, yeah. if you keep your face relaxed. Floppy face, <laughs> floppy face. Yeah, yeah, floppy face, floppy fanny. I've been trying to work yeah. on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and not tensing. And not texting. Oh, no, 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 definitely. I'm not going to be texting in the birthroom. Tensing. Yeah, 100%. <sighs> Easier said than done. But anyway, I'm going to think of that. Floppy face, floppy fanny. Yeah, but it's all about the cervix. And so you could start like stimulating your cervix. Now that How? You're Either with like a um, a dildo, like a, you could use like a crystal dildo or you could use your fingers or you could like. How do you know if you've got the mucoso plug? No, you you won't. I mean, that's like in place, you know, you'd have to be. Could you something. unplug it? Not at this stage, no. I mean, you could if you were like in the middle of it, but it's like you, your your cervix is small. It's, it's at the moment. It's little. It's closed. So yeah. okay. So keep doing a bit of that. Yeah, yeah. But the cervix, like it is, she is the queen down there, mm. and so, but she gets bashed during sex. <laughs> we're not like please her ripped. soul. I hope she gets a good holiday. <laughs> <laughs> Does she get paid leave? She deserves it. 
<laughs> Next question. Next question. <laughs> okay, how do you get back to wanting sex after a breakup? Oh, interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm assuming when this person's talking about a breakup, like we're talking about a broken heart really yeah. that's going on and they're not really feeling in their bodies and not feeling sexual. And I think this is the healing process. We have to give our body like space and compassion for where we truly at. Like your body will tell you when you're ready for sex and we shouldn't be rushing this. Um, we've got our whole lives to have sex. We have different seasons with our bodies where we feel like it more. And sometimes we even do it in a destructive way, you know, like sometimes straight after a breakup, some people are like, okay, I need to get out there and I need to be having lots of sex. And mm. that's what the body wants. But well, I actually don't know if that's what the body wants, but the mind is <laughs> The mind thinks it needs to, to get over because there's that classic phrase, to get over someone, you got to get under someone. someone. What are your thoughts yeah. on that? I hate it. I hate it. It's, it's not It's not. It's putting all your power into external sources. It's not working on yourself. No. And so what I would say for this person is actually like, yeah, your heart and your body probably needs a lot of tenderness and love. And so self-touch not even genital touch but like loving touch with your body like holding caressing stroking things that you may have gotten from your partner that made you feel really safe um you can do for yourself and it's a really nice gift to give to yourself and your body will trust you again it might start opening up being ready um you touched on seasons and this is something i only learned about maybe a year or two ago Something that we don't do really as humans is honour our seasons. It's like we always think we have to be go, go, go. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Mm. Do you want to – are you meaning like in terms of the the menstrual cycles? Yeah, well, well, that's sort of the one I know. So like honouring your menstrual cycle and like when you are menstruating, don't they call it winter? Is it like the the winters? And which makes so much sense. It's like actually nurture your body, slow down. Um, keep warm, like have nourishing warm foods and all that kind of stuff that we just don't think of. It's like you got to get back out, you got to do all this stuff, be really active, and you're not honouring what's actually going on inside. I know. And all we need to do is like look at our ancestors for how yeah. they used to treat bleeders. And it was really like a time where women were needed to rest and we had the red tent and we would all like bleed together because we were living in community and would sync up. And this was also the That's time. That's the OG we were- cycles. Absolutely. We were the most like, um, like way, way back is when we would become like oracles during that time as we were bleeding and we were getting like visions and when men were at war, like they would come to the woman to the red tent to find out what we were seeing and what was going on. Wow. But the thing is like, there was so much power in that with women that when like the suppression of women started, like of course the first thing to do was to be like, okay, we don't, we don't honor the cycles anymore. Okay. Get to work. Like, yeah, Isn't like, that crazy? Like, like even so in- much magic. Yeah, I know. It, it like is, literal burning of the witches, suppressing like all this yeah. magic stuff that goes on, this natural process. Yeah. Um, it, so it's it, like the key piece here is to, yeah, the winter time when we're like shutting down, we want to be quiet. Um, it's, 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 a, it's, if we honor that time, then when, once we start coming into our spring, that's when we're going to feel shiny and productive and get ready. And, and we will be so much more productive if we have honored 
that time of winter and being quiet and yes, blood building, you know, that's Mm. the thing as well. Like we're living in this time where women do lots of fasting and we're watching calories and we go low fat and all that is a crock of shit. Like we really (laughs) need to be blood building and having lots of fatty food, like like healthy fatty food. Good nourishing fatty food. Yeah. Yeah. Bone broths and things like that. Um, You know, it's so important and, yeah, and then the summertime is we were ovulating and we were shiny and we're like, <laughs> like we're really social and we we're open to lots of new things. And then of course the autumn comes and that's time to start slowing down. And unfortunately, our world is just like not set up for women to. Oh, and I wish it like- was. And I really want to like bring more awareness to these to these seasons and make it normal to honor this time again because then you fully understand yourself more and you fully get to utilize your energy better. Like you, you learn how you work and you feel so much more energized through the, you know, the spring and the summer. Yeah. Did you notice then when you were kind of had this awareness and your, you know, of your mm. cycles that if you were having like a, say like quite a crampy period or like heavier bleed that you'd had maybe more of a stressful month or yes. like something bigger had gone on? Well, I got told that by a friend who's an acupuncturist, you know, that is often an indicator that you're neglecting yourself in some area or there's something going on and that reflects through those kind of pains or, or discomfort, which is so interesting. Yeah, and I can even tell, like, through the colour of my blood, like, what's gone on in that last month, you know? Like, I'd just been and done this, like, amazing, like, retreat, and I'd done some big work on, like, my ancestral lineage, and then I started bleeding, like, 10 days early, and the blood was, like, purple, and I was like, I've never seen this, and it was an old, old blood like something yeah, yeah, was yeah. through me and I think like that almost sounds woo-woo no but this, but this is the this, thing like why should that be woo-woo it's something so natural that we've been taught to be disconnected from we should be observing these things in our bodies to understand better and to get the best out of ourselves yeah but we're not right we're like mm. oh you're cramping here's some Panadol yeah oh, cover it up conceal it oh get back tampon. to it love shove that tampon up there <laughs> yeah. and get to the gym right like, bitch oh yeah, I, I'm so fascinated by this season. Something very, very cool. Another question. This is probably going to be so different. This is a real range. Have had a lot of dreams about an ex recently. I don't want to be with them and I'm in a happy relationship. They actually cheated on me and broke my heart. So I, I never want to be with them again, but they keep popping up. Why? Mmm. Well, I mean, only you will know this, but um, I would say that they're representing something. So so what is it? What was maybe like when we have something like being cheated on, we have such a deep hurt and such a like, um, it's like an assault, you know, and we, we close off and then they, we can vilify the person. But sometimes it's like we need to look at it holistically. Yeah. You're obviously with that person for a reason. There must have been something good. Mm. So maybe it's about reminding you of the goodness and maybe about making peace mm. with, with that. I don't think it means anything about what's currently happening with your your partner, but if it's a sexy dream. That doesn't mean that you want them sexually. I've heard no. that sexy dreams can be the opposite. <laughs> 
or is that just someone having a yarn? I don't know. I don't know how to interpret dreams. What I would, what I would, what I would be cautious of is like, say, if you were having sex with your current partner, not to be thinking about that ex, or no. like even through masturbation, because those kind of thoughts, like they still have power. There is an energetic frequency within them that's really. So you know how we do like cord cutting? I don't know if you've ever heard cord cutting meditations where you're energetically cutting ties from somebody. Say if we like magic, like, so there is this thing called sex magic. So say if you're masturbating and you're really thinking about someone, you are literally sending an energetic cord to them. So you don't want to be doing that if you do want to be disconnected from that partner. So say you're the person that's being masturbated over. And you're just sitting in your room and are suddenly at home and they're doing the deed, thinking about you. What can you do to protect yourself? Is that where you visualize a white light? Spirits be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Masturbating spirits be gone. (laughs) Get your smoke medicine, sage your body. But the thing is, we do have to protect ourselves energetically in this realm. But also, yeah, if we've got our own barriers up, like, no, like, that our boundaries of like no you're not coming in I mean if it's a random person like god knows you know you so many people probably in love with you PJ like people oh, no, are don't. all around the place over you <laughs> do I need an extra big white light you need a big old smoke stick you need a whole tree um no but because you don't have the connection with them it's different right okay people have already had a deep connection the energetic wow yeah that is fascinating I didn't know that not that I've done that but that's just yeah that's interesting yes mismatched sex drives causing friction in a long-term happy and fun relationship yeah, I see this all the time. And so th- that's the key word. It's mismatched. Mm. You need to find each where you can get matched again, where you can find each other. And yes, it's a big communication piece, but it's also about like, okay, if you're happy, you, you know, and it's a happy relationship, then you need to find the fun and the spontaneity in this again. So look back, right, to how sex was at the start and see, and look at the context around it. So what made sex exciting and fun back then? Um, and it doesn't, the libido thing, I, I don't worry about too much because quite often, you know, we can work on it pleasuring ourselves and using that as our own responsibility but it's about what pe- what people are getting from each other like is it the connection is it feeling safe in the relationship like we can have different priorities mm. as to why we what we like about sex or what sex gives us so look for what you like about sex and let that be like the priority and then I think with mismatched libido is you I mean I know a lot of people get put off by this but scheduling sex or scheduling intimacy is important Mm. so it doesn't mean that you're definitely going to have sex on that night it could be massage from eight o'clock candles lit my boyfriend my fiance like asks for a massage most nights and I'm so bad I'll be like yeah they're full asleep so I need to actually like really commit to that but we end up watching tv and getting tired and then just not doing it you know See, that's a bad so we have to think about this as well what are our sexual bad habits yeah is it about yeah having like checking work emails at mm-hmm. night or having the phone in the room or eating or- big meals and then passing out <laughs> 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 guilty 
every night. It's working essentially what what each other needs, and that's not always just sex, sex, sex. No, and and I think yeah, it is like finding finding out what your needs are and, and voicing that. Reach the libido. Are aphrodisiacs a crock of shit? No. They do work. There are certain things that I think definitely will help, mm-hmm. you know. so Oysters? No, I mean, you would have to eat so many. <laughs> That's what I thought. What's in oysters is zinc. That's, oh. And that is a big component to helping with testosterone. So, yes, yes, we want zinc. We want zinc, especially for men. That is a great thing to supplement as a mineral in your in your diet. And you can get it from like pumpkin seeds and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, just get some. We good- take zinc daily. That's all right. Okay, perfect. I didn't know that on- was the main mineral in um in an oyster. Yeah. On every ejaculation, a man loses zinc, funnily enough. Really? So yeah, but it's important for, for both men and women as well. And and I think um you know, there's there's things like macaroot powder, which Yum. is incredible. Just have to be careful because it can actually make you a little, little bit more fertile. So got to be careful about that. Oh, actually, I think mum gave me some random powder and she was like, this might make you fertile. And then I did get pregnant. <laughs> I think there was actually a maca powder. Not even kidding. Because um, that's quite good for women's health, isn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful um, herb for women. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the love languages? Because I was chatting about this with my partner in bed this morning <laughs> and he is such an um, active service. Like he will sweep the chimney. <laughs> I think he's done the most romantic thing for me. He's like, babe, I sweep the chimney for you. I'm like, thank you, darling, but like – that's not romance, but like in his head doing something like that or going to get all the firewood or, um, you know, just really physical um, uh, acts of service. And and that's just, I'm like, I need words of affirmation or gifts or touch, <laughs> like all the other ones, <laughs> but the boring acts of service don't do it for me. Wow, he's such a provider, isn't he? I know, he's such a provider, which is amazing. Like it's not a bad thing, but it's just easy to take for granted. I think what what is good about love languages is it's given us something tangible to identify with. Like, okay, I'm this, but we're all a little bit of everything. But the thing is it gives us like we can read each other's book a little bit more. Okay, so you can can tell him, you know, yeah, yeah, cool sweep in the chimney but just tell me I'm the goddamn most beautiful person you've ever sniffed you know yeah yeah Yeah. so I think it's good but it's about um but you don't put all your eggs in that basket no it's just a nice little it's it's information gathering about each other (laughs) um oh this is a fun one to finish on well, actually, it's not fun, but it, it could have a fun answer. I'm single and pregnant. Have you got any ideas how to go about acquiring a booty call when the sexy hormones kick in? Wow. Yeah. Booty call. Wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Is there Honestly. a pregnant Tinder? <laughs> 
Well, I, I mean, that's where my mind went to. It's like, yeah, we've mm. got these amazing dating apps these days and you, you've got the chance to write in your bio exactly what you're looking for. And I guess it's up to you whether you're disclosing that piece of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hapu, I'm pregnant and then I've got these hormones and I'm wanting some loving. Otherwise, look for people that, you know, maybe you've already been with in the past oh. or that you feel safe with. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. On a friendship realm, I think quite often we don't look to friends as much as we could, but they're a safe zone, you know, and if you've got an itch that needs to be scratched, I mean, girl, you get it. Because I have had a few questions about libido. I promise this is not for me, libido and pregnancy. Uh (laughs) No, because it can be pretty hot and cold, you know. People have really different experiences. I know that early on I was hot. Um. And now it's kind of like things are a bit more sensitive. Sensitive in terms of like. Um, well, I think you just feel things more. Oh, okay. Is that normal? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because of. Because like about- everything's being pushed. Like like everything is starting to, you know. Yeah. It's not swell so- yet, but it's on route, you know. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about, like, the bladder being that that's where the most pressure is starting to get pushed on to the bladder, um, that's also quite a sexual spot for us. When we think about our G-crest and our G-spot internally, when we're pushing up into that, we're pushing on the urethral sponge. So it all is into the bladder, and that's where we squirt from. So from that spot, sometimes for most squirters. Um, I've got a question on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay so also though with pregnancy there's all this blood flow extra blood flow yeah yeah that yeah and it can just wake things up and 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 puff things up so I'm not surprised about the sensitivity well, yeah I mean I've got a friend um that's <laughs> that um yeah like initially it was oh yeah that's amazing I feel so sexy and now it's like oh that is a little bit um tender yeah that's what they yeah. said yeah that's what Melanie that- said Melon, poor Melon. I know. I shouldn't just, have said her name. Oh, God, I feel so bad. Just tell Melanie that um, it's okay in, like, the seasons again. Okay. change again. So just be with Go that. With and it. There are different positions you can try if you're still feeling like you want to indulge in things or remember that you don't have to go the full hog or you can just take mm-hmm. different parts or, yeah. I'll be sure to pass that on to Melanie. Um, no, just one more question because you brought this up. I feel like we're gonna have to do another episode, Morgs. Regarding the um, the the squirt, uh, the irrigation, the <laughs> the sprinklers going off. I have a yeah. friend. <laughs> this is <laughs> no, this. <laughs> I actually have a friend, and that's only happened to her once. Once. And it was with her same partner, and um, it's never happened again. Right. And it was just happened to, once. Was she able to identify uh, something different that had happened that time? Um, I'll have to ask her, but I think she um, – <laughs> I think it's because it was the – it was actually the first time that um, those two had, had done it. It wasn't her first time. And – I think she was just really into it and um, it was really exciting. That's what she said. And then. Why are you so high pitched? <laughs> just 
feeling I'm just – I don't know if I should be talking on behalf of her. But anyway, so she um, – yeah, and that sort of happened the first time. And then she was like, whoa, and then it never, ever happened again. Yeah, okay. I is mean, that normal? Yes, yes. The body is magic and miraculous and all sorts of things can happen. And sometimes people have got no control. A lot of people don't even know what's happening to their bodies when they do squirt. Yeah. And sometimes it's something that once you do it, then you can't turn it off. And that's why I, I held a squirting workshop once. And I said, you have to proceed with caution because once you do it, sometimes we can't turn it off. So, Like nappies? Nappies. Like, would you need nappies if you can't turn it off? No. No. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not like you've turned the sprinkler on. And oh, then you I was it like, that's off. embarrassing. Like, like, you go into no. a meeting and it's still going. <laughs> uh, oh, my God, you've got me. You've got me. <laughs> You just mean that every time that you get to that point, it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God. I was like, that's horrific. You'd want to go get that sorted out. <laughs> it's like, that's so bad that it's like a would you rather game. Would you rather have the sprinkler on forever wearing nappies or would you rather cut off your thumb? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you know what? It's probably happened. It's probably happened. It would happen somewhere. Can no. everyone can everyone do it? I we've all got vulva owners have all got the right uh, ingredients okay. should we say with the right mm-hmm. anatomy to do it. Some people can't, but I like I taught myself. I I worked so hard. I attempted wow. so many times, maybe like ten times. I I put aside a full session. And then I finally did it. And I haven't been able to do it since, but I haven't tried as hard as that. Okay. So I think it is possible. But the thing is, like, it actually requires quite a lot of, like, presence for some people. And there's so much water that comes from the body. This is why it wouldn't be the case. (laughs) I'm like, you'd die of dehydration if that was completely, like, on forever. Exactly. You'd die. Yeah. Oh, I feel like my friend said something else. Oh, my God. No, what was it? Oh, this is going to really annoy me. Oh, because I think maybe like her inhibitions are just really gone out the window. Like that must be a contributing factor as well. That is a huge yeah. piece. And that's a huge piece to orgasm. Actually. I know. So many people can't orgasm. A lot of women message me all the time. Like I've never orgasmed. Is it possible? And to that, I can honestly say, yes, I believe it is. And there just has to be this moment where you just let go. You're just imagining the dam, right? And you're just like, one more drop is just going to let it go. And we're, we're like so highly strung. We're trying to control the world in this world where we've got no control these days. In the sexual realm, we have to be able to let go. And Mm. one of those key pieces is feeling safe in our bodies to trust ourselves and trust if we're with somebody else as well. Beautiful. Oh, Morgan, you do such good work. I love it. I love talking to you. And I feel like you're always learning as well. Yes. Thank you, darling. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is a realm like we're we're working with so much like neuroscience. It's new. It's it's new though, right? Like this hasn't had the attention it is getting now like it, it's still so fresh in a way yeah and I'm still like dropping deeper with my body and I think it's important right that I'm not just like this woman that's sitting behind a desk telling yeah. people how to have sex like I have to have these 
wild experiences so I know what's possible and you know I love it I'm never going to stop learning in this realm I love it and if anyone wanted to book with you um do they go to your Instagram what's the best way of getting in touch yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Morgan the Sexologist. And on there, I suppose I'm always just sharing thought provoking things and some of my th- thoughts and like skills and things like that. But also, yeah, if, you, if you're really clear and you want an appointment, you can go to my website, morganpen.co.nz. And um, I will just say as well, um, especially because we've talked about some like postnatal stuff, is like I, I specialize in vaginismus. So if people have got pa- are having painful sex, um, that's something that's been very normal normalized but it's it's not it's common but it's it's not normal and so yeah I'm really passionate about helping women overcome pain during sex so there's a section on my website about that as well you're such a legend Morgs thank you so much for joining me this has been so fun we have to do it again (laughs) yes my pleasure I know so fun bring grandma in next time Morgan Penn, the somatic sexologist. Uh, Love it. After packing it in, (laughs) after being in the media industry for like 15 years, she's now learning a whole new path, learning all the time. And uh, I love her open, honest, down-to-earth approach. I think we might have to get her on again because she's so much fun to talk to. Very patient with some of my questions or some of my friends' questions. I'm sure my friends benefited from that episode I hope you did too and if there are any questions which sort of came into your mind during that episode you're like oh man I'd love help with this and you want to ask me you can do it either not anonymously or anonymously uh, hit me up on Instagram what's the best way now should we go through the PJ podcast search the PJ podcast send me a DM and we might have to do another episode but if you would like to see Morgan in person or on Zoom uh, you can hit up her website morganpen.co.nz and uh, check her out on Instagram Morgan the sexologist I hope you enjoyed the second episode of the PJ podcast don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen leave a review and I'll see you next week Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.